This is the Write Your Screenplay podcast, and we're going to be talking about how to get past the gatekeepers so that you can pitch your script to the producers, agents, managers, directors, and stars that you need to reach in this industry. Now first, a warning. These techniques actually work. So before you use them, please, please, please make sure you have a pitch that is actually at a professional level. And even more importantly, please make sure you have a script that is at a professional level. You don't want to do all this work of getting past the gatekeepers, only to finally get into that meeting of a lifetime and realize you're not wearing any pants. And I've seen so many talented writers do this. I've judged at so many pitch fests, watching writers with actually really great stories pitch them in ways that made them seem unreliable and unprofessional. I've seen so many writers show up with an incredible pitch and then a screenplay that does not back it up. And if you make this mistake, you're not only wasting your time, you're wasting the time of every single person that you pitch. So if you have not yet gotten professional feedback on your pitch and on your script, if you are not 100% convinced that your pitch and your script are at a professional level, hit pause on this podcast. It is not time for you to make a full-time job out of getting to the right people because all you're going to do is end up burning your contacts. It's your job to make sure your content is incredible so that when you pitch those right people, they actually respond. Unless you are already famous, you are not going to sell a great idea. What you're going to sell is a great execution of that idea. So professional feedback. And when I say professional, please, this is not development notes from a coverage reader. This is not a bunch of written development notes from a contest. This is not the lovely writers in your writer's group who have not yet sold the script. This is not your mom, your friend, your family. This is feedback you want from a professional writer, somebody who has done this more than you, who knows what an industry-ready script actually looks like, who knows what an industry-ready pitch actually sounds like. And if you need help with that, that's what we do here at the studio. So you're welcome to call us and we will hook you up with somebody amazing who can help you develop your project. So now we're going to make the assumption you've done all that. You actually have a script that's ready to go. When you show up for your big meeting, you're not missing your pants. You're wearing your finest suit. And now we're going to talk about, okay, how do you get past the gatekeepers to actually get that meeting? Now, the best way to get past the gatekeepers is actually to never deal with the gatekeepers. Remember, the gatekeeper's job is to keep you out. So if you can go around a gatekeeper, you want to. And there are so many wonderful ways you can do this. As we talked about in episode three of this series, you can target very specific individuals and start to talk to everyone you know, start to shake the tree of your own social network. And you might be surprised to find out that somebody that you know happens to know them. Even if it's a distant contact, a warm lead is always better than a cold one. So even if it's a distant relative, even if it's someone who knows them from high school, right? A warm call is always better than a cold call. So ideally, you're going to get an introduction. You might find out where they're speaking or a festival where one of their movies is screening and see if you can bump into them in person. 
you might follow them on social media and build a connection there. So there are lots and lots and lots of wonderful ways to connect to people. And if you can, you are going to try to never interact with a gatekeeper at all. However, sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you try everything you can and there just is no one in your social network who knows them or who's willing to make that introduction. Sometimes you try everything you can, but they don't respond to you on social media uh, or they're not really active or somebody else is running their account. Sometimes you try everything you can and you realize the only way to go is through the front door. And so now we're going to talk about how to actually get through that front door, how to get through that gatekeeper. And to, to understand that, you have to first kind of put yourself in their shoes. You've all been to a department store. And if you've been to a department store, you know that even though all the items in the department store might be appealing in some way, the chances are you're not searching for all of the items in the department store you've probably gone to the department store for one very specific thing. So if you are in search of a pair of pants and somebody comes running up to you with a television, uh, that television might be absolutely amazing, but really that person is wasting your time because you just showed up looking for a pair of pants. Similarly, even when you are in the pants section of the department store, you are not looking for every pair of pants in the section. There are going to be some pants that are out of your budget. There are going to be some pants that are just not your style. There are going to be some pants that are too functional for you or some pants that are too stylish, right? There's a specific kind of pant that you're looking for. And though you might not know exactly, you know what isn't it. The gatekeeper's job is to know what kind of pants or what kind of items the person is looking for so that they don't get overwhelmed by every shiny, cool thing at the department store. Uh, anybody who can actually help you in the industry, you can be guaranteed they are busy. If they're not busy, if they have enough time to just chit-chat all the time, well, they're probably not far enough along in their career where they can actually help you anyway. The people who are movers and shakers in this industry, the people who can sell a script, even if they're at the beginning of their career, they are working their butts off every single moment of every single day. And their gatekeeper's job, their assistant's job, is to make sure that they are only looking at the stuff that they actually want to buy. That they're not wasting their time walking up and down every aisle of the store and having to have a polite interaction with every salesperson from every single department. A lot of writers don't understand this and we end up taking it very personally, right? We are, you know, you're, you're going to face a lot of rejection in this business. And, and a lot of writers, when they get rejected, they think, oh man, you know, maybe my script isn't good. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe this isn't just a commercial idea. Rather than realizing like even at Bloomingdale's where everything is super expensive and super awesome, when you walk into the pants section... There are a lot of pants that they might cost $10,000 and some people might spend $10,000 on that one pair of pants, but you might look at them and go, I would never, ever wear that. And there might be another pair of, you know, wonderful, comfortable sweatpants that the person who needs to dress to impress every day would never dream of buying. 
But even though they're only 10 bucks, you just freaking love them, right? So it's important to understand that when a producer doesn't like your script, when a gatekeeper says no, that's not necessarily a reflection of your script or the commerciality of your script. That's just a reflection of this particular person. The gatekeeper's job is to make sure that only the stuff they're looking for makes it to the producer. So you can save yourself a lot of pain and the gatekeepers a lot of unnecessary work by focusing your attention on the people who are already likely to buy your script. But even then, there is a challenge of getting through the gatekeepers. And here's why. Most people in this industry, and I'm not just talking amateur writers and emerging writers, I'm also talking about professional writers with real agents who are setting up meetings. Hey, you got to meet this incredible new writer I just signed, right? Who are using their connections to get people into the room. You need to understand that most of those people are not following the warning that I gave at the very beginning of this episode. Most people are throwing crap up against the wall to see if it sticks. In other words, most people are wasting not only their time, but the time of every single person they meet with. Most people are not only failing to target very specific people who are likely to like what they are pitching, they are also rarely pitching scripts that that person can actually buy and make in its current form. They are often pitching something that has a great pitch, but a crappy execution, a couple great scenes, but not great structure, right? It's really rare that anyone sees a script that is really awesome. And it's even rarer that they see a script that is really awesome for them. This is why people like agents. Knowing that the writer is represented lets a producer know, well, at least somebody thought their work was good enough that maybe it's worth my time, right? So when you're an unrepresented writer, even if you have the perfect project, even if your script is totally rocking, even if your pitch is amazing, you're still going to have to do some work to get through a skeptical gatekeeper who's simply doing their job. They're not mean people. They're nice people. They're trying to protect their boss. And let's face it, if you're an unrepresented writer, they know there's a 9 out of 10 chance that your script might be a great idea, but probably isn't ready for industry eyes. So what does this mean? This means that you need to build a relationship with the gatekeeper so that eventually that gatekeeper can help you. I'm going to say that again. If you do not have an introduction, if you have to go through the front door, your job is not to get past the gatekeeper because you will not win at that job. Your job is to build a relationship with the gatekeeper so that they become invested in you. So how do you do this? Well, it's important to understand that when you do this, you are playing the long game, not the short game. Okay. If you just call on the first day and go, you got to trust me. It's fucking awesome, man. Right. You're not going to get what you want. That person has no relationship with you. This is something that you have to build over time. You have to recognize that you don't have credibility till you build it. So how does this look? Step one, there's nothing wrong with sending a query letter, but I'd like to suggest to you that most query letters probably don't get read. 
I know when I was a producer, I had very good intentions, right? I was actively looking for new writers all the time, but I was also overwhelmed. And remember back in those days, everything was in envelopes, right? You actually got mailed query letters, not emailed them. And I would get these query letters and I would stick them in, in an inbox thinking, you know what, when I finally get an hour, I'm going to go through them and I'm going to see if there are any query letters that are really good. And what would invariably happen would be the pie would get so big that it would start to overflow. So I'd end up just dumping out the query letters and going, you know what, these are old anyway, I'm going to start again. And I can tell you in the five years that I was a producer, I don't know if I ever actually read a query letter. Again, I was looking. I just was not focused, right? I had so many agents calling me all the time saying, you got to read this person. I had so many demands from my boss saying, we got to develop this script that getting around to actually spending time with a query letter was hard. So if you find out that a producer's open to query letters, sure, go ahead and send them, but don't think that the query letter is doing its work. Most likely it is not. So what do you do? You use the phone. I know the phone is scary. I know you don't want to use the phone. I know that phone is like from a previous generation, but the fact that no one uses the phone anymore is in your favor because it is so much easier to build a relationship over the phone than there is to build one over email. If you send a person an email and they miss it in their inbox, and you send another email saying, did you miss it? And then another email saying, hey, I still haven't heard from you. And another email saying, yo, I haven't heard from you yet. You're just a pain in the butt. And it's so easy simply to ignore those emails. It's so easy to miss those emails. I have 14,000 unread emails in my inbox. That's not because I don't want to read all those emails. That's just because I get more emails every day than I can possibly respond to. So. This is the same for every person you're trying to reach in the industry, particularly the gatekeeper who is literally inundated with emails from people that they already know. So if you can avoid email, avoid email. Use the damn phone. How do you do it? Well, remember their time is valuable and remember that most people are jerks to them. Most people have no interest in developing a relationship with an assistant who they usually see as somebody below them. They see the assistant as the obstacle who's getting in the way of you talking to the awesome person you're trying to reach. But that's not how I see assistants. I see assistants as, number one, the people who control everything in their boss's life. The assistant determines what that person reads and what that person doesn't even know about, what that person sees and what that person does not. That the assistant determines that person's schedule. The assistant reminds that person, you got to do this. Don't worry about this. So number one, see that person as a direct access who probably knows more about what's actually going on in the producer, director, agent, manager, star's life than even they do. Number two, that assistant is not going to be an assistant forever. If that assistant is good, eventually that assistant is going to be an agent, is going to be a manager, is going to be a development executive, is going to be a producer. So it's important to understand that 
the the assistant that you're talking to, you're thinking as the obstacle of getting to the big producer. Well, the truth is they're your generation if you're an emerging writer. They're the people who are coming up with you. And if you build a long-term connection for them, you might not sell your script today, but a couple of years from now, they might be the person who helps you, who remembers you, who thinks about you, who helps you build your career as you help them build theirs. Number three, these are people. The producer you're reaching out to is a person and the assistant you're talking to is a person. And, and I know that you know, when you are making this phone call, that it feels like the most important thing in the world to you. I know it feels like the stakes are life and death. I know that you might be panting and stalking around your office and trying to get yourself centered, right? Because it's so scary, because it feels like the most important thing that's ever happened. And if you mess it up, oh my God, there goes my whole career. I know you feel that way, or a lot of you feel that way, because I felt that way at the beginning of my career. But you, what you realize over time is these are all people, and some of them are jerks, but the jerks are never going to help you anyway. Most of them are not only people, they're nice people. They're nice people with an important job to do. And for them, your phone call isn't this like big, important thing. Your phone call is literally what they do all day, every day. It's just normal business. People calling up, pitching them things, saying yes, saying no, thinking about it, right? This is totally normal for them. So part of succeeding is taking all the high energy out of this and treating the relationship like it's just normal for you too. Like you were talking to somebody who you interact with every day. And if you treat that person like a human being, you are going to be doing yourself such a favor. And if you're a jerk to that person, well, you better be pretty powerful because that person is going to end up getting in the way of your project in ways that you never imagined. Your job is to be nice to everyone, build great relationships with everyone, treat other people exactly the way you wish you were treated. Don't manipulate, don't lie, be an authentic person and recognize that you're not going to sell your script on your first phone call. You're going to build relationships over so how do you make that call? Well, we're going to talk about that after this break. Imagine if you had a professional writer who would read every single page you wrote and every single draft you completed. Imagine if instead of having to leave your job and take on hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt for grad school, you could get lifelong mentorship with some of the same incredible teachers from the top grad schools at a teeny tiny fraction of the price, something that fit your real world life and that you could continue to do forever if you wanted to. Well, that is ProTrack. ProTrack is Jacob Kruger Studios' answer to grad school. We will pair you one-on-one -on -one with a professional writer who will help you build your library of scripts, help you take your writing to a professional level, help you build your career in a way that doesn't require any debt and in a way that you can actually afford. So check it out, writeyourscreenplay.com slash ProTrack. You can schedule a free consultation to meet with James Couch, our admissions director. He will talk to you about your writing. He will talk to you about your goals. He will get you to the right person and help you start building your success today. So what does this look like? 
you're calling somebody brand new. Don't call on a Monday. On a Monday, the assistant is totally, totally, totally overwhelmed. Um, they have more going on than they can ever deal with, which means you can't talk to them. I recommend calling on a Tuesday. Tuesdays are fantastic days to call because they are quieter days than Mondays, but they're close to the weekend so that I can ask the person what they did that weekend and build a connection with them that way. So let's try, say you're trying to get through to a producer named Mary Smith. That usually looks a little bit like this. Hey, this is Jake Kruger calling to leave word for Mary. Now, leave word just means I know she's probably busy and isn't going to take my call right now. Um, I'm going to leave my number. She can call me back at her convenience. And notice I didn't say Miss Smith. Because if I say Miss Smith, I'm basically sending a signal to this assistant. I don't know Miss Smith. I am not very important. You should not take me very seriously. And you certainly should not put me through to Miss Smith because I don't even know her. Whereas if I just assume a certain kind of informality, like, hey, I'm calling to leave word for Mary, the assistant doesn't know I might be somebody very important in Mary's world. I might be a relationship that Mary was cultivating at her dinner or her drinks last night. I might have a project that Mary is super excited about. So now the, the assistant doesn't want to offend me, right? Um, and the assistant is much more likely to take me seriously. Um, before they can even ask me any more questions, I'm gonna say something like this. By the way, I haven't spoken to you before. What's your name? Greg. Okay, great. I'm gonna write down Greg's name. And I'm going to continue to write down every single thing that Greg tells me about himself because I want to build a relationship with Greg. I have now had a successful meeting. If nothing else comes out of this, I'm done. So I'm going to try to get off the phone. Greg, uh, lovely to meet you. Look forward to working with you. Um, here's my number. Uh, I look forward to hearing from Mary when she gets time. That's it. That's the whole phone call but I was successful. I got the assistant's number. Now, behind the scenes, here's what's happening. That assistant is either going to slack Mary or next time Mary comes out from her net from her meeting, he's going to say, uh, yo, uh, Jake Kruger called. And Mary's going to go, Jake Kruger, Jake Kruger, who the hell is Jake Kruger, right? In her own mind. She's trying to remember, is this somebody I met with? Because she's meeting with hundreds of people every week. So hundreds of phone calls every week. Who, who is Jay Kruger? Who is Jay Kruger? Who is Jay Kruger? And she's going to probably ask the assistant, well, who's Jay Kruger? And the assistant's going to go, I actually don't know. And she's going to, well, find out. What's it about? Now, if the assistant was good, he probably asked you, what's it about? Uh, what, what's this regarding? And when that happened, if you're good, you're not going to say, oh, I'd really like to pitch my script to her. I'm an emerging screenwriter. No, you're going to go, oh, it's about, and you're going to give her the title. So let's say I'm going to make up a movie. It's about chain link. Oh, it's about, um, it's about chain link. Great. They write down chain link. At this point, it really sounds like you know Mary, right? You're talking about a title as if she knows it. You are using her first name. And there's a good chance, unless the assistant is exceptionally good at their job, that they're not going to ask you any more follow-up questions because they probably don't want to offend you. And it seems like you're so comfortable. So now when behind the scenes, when they meet with Mary, what they're going to be saying is, um, so Jake Kruger called about Chainlink? 
Empire's gonna have Jake Kruger, Chain Link. Who is Jake Kruger? I should know this name. Uh, Chain Link. When was somebody? I don't. I don't remember. What's Chain Link? And the assistant's gonna go. I don't actually know. Well, who's Jake Kruger? I don't know. All right. Well, find out. Now, Mary's not going to call you back, but do you see what just happened behind the scenes? The assistant went from just taking your name to now he's got a job, which is to find out who you are. There's now a level of interest. So I'm going to wait a week. Trust me, I'm not going to hear from Mary. I like to call it the same time every week because eventually it can kind of become a joke between me and Greg. So Tuesday comes around, I give Greg a call. Yo, Greg, it's Jay Kruger. How was your weekend? Notice I don't launch directly into business this time. I use his first name and I ask him about his weekend. This is why I love Tuesdays. I'm still close enough to the weekend that this isn't weird. How was your weekend? Ah, man, it was awesome. I went skiing. Oh, cool. Where do you ski? Uh, Right, We're going to have a a nice little conversation. Keep it to like 30 seconds to a minute, right? You don't want to to waste uh, Greg's time. You're going to end up getting him in trouble right? But you want to build that relationship. And meanwhile, you're writing down everything. Where does he ski? Does he ski or snowboard, right? You want to know all the details. And you're going to go look. Anyway, I don't want to, I'm sure you're really busy. I'm just calling to leave word for Mary again, looking forward to speaking to her. Now, at um, at this point, if Greg is not very good, which the chances are most assistants are average, he's probably going to just write down your name again. If he is good, he's going to go, oh yeah, um, uh, tell me more about that project. And at that point, you're going to do like the quickest version of a pitch. Um, It's a screenplay for Mary. um, uh, And I'm really excited to talk to her about it. That's it. The reason I'm being a little vague with Greg, unless he really pushes me, is I'm afraid that Greg is going to say the words that all writers tremble about. We don't accept unsolicited submissions. Once a Once an assistant says that to you, that contact is pretty much dead for you unless you have an incredible relationship. And you have to know this is going to happen from time to time. Uh, It's going to happen often. Um, And I'll teach you some techniques for what to do when that does happen. But you need to be aware this is going to happen. Sometimes you're just not going to get past. But you want to push that off as long as you can. That's why I'm being a little bit vague, right? I'm just kind of giving him the indication. I'm happy to talk to you about this, but I really want to pitch it to Mary, right? So uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a screenplay for Mary. I'm really looking forward to talking to her about it. That's simple, in and out, right? And if he's good, he might ask you a question like, "Who's attached?" This is not the time to panic if you have no attachments. This is the time to say, well, actually, I I don't have any attachments right now. Mary is the first person that I'm bringing it to. However, it has really good roles for this person, this person, this person, and this person that Mary's worked with, uh, which is one of the reasons I think this is a really good home for it. Do you see what I just did there? I showed him that there's a reason I'm targeting Mary, that there is an easy step that Mary can take to move this project forward. Um, that I know who I'm calling and why I'm calling. So I've been keeping this in my back pocket. If he asked me to pitch him the project, then I'm going to pitch him the project. And that's freaking great. Because now instead of me going, can I pitch you? He just asked me to pitch him. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's rare because most produ- most assistants actually aren't that good. They are not going to actually drill down that far. They're trying to get off the phone and answer the next call. So I'm not withholding but I'm trying to position myself as somebody who it would be reasonable to expect that Mary would want to talk to me. Step three, I promise you next Tuesday, 
you have not heard from Mary. Maybe an assistant, uh, the assistant has talked to Mary. She's, he, he said, yeah, it's a project he wants to pitch you. And probably Mary has been like, you know, I, I, I don't have time for that. Uh, or yeah, I'll try to call him if I can. I, I don't actually know who he is, right? At this point, she's probably figured out she doesn't know you, but she's now heard your name twice and she's not heard the name of the project at least once, maybe twice. You're in her consciousness, right? You're not as much of a cold call anymore. And meanwhile, you're beginning a conversation with Greg. So when you call Greg the next Tuesday at exactly the same time, you're gonna go, yo, Greg, did you see the Olympics this weekend? Oh my God, the skiing was unbelievable. Did you watch it, right? You're gonna build a relationship with him, right? You're gonna talk about the things that Greg is interested in. You're becoming his friend. Now, it gets annoying when producers don't call you back, don't call you back, don't call you back, which is why it's so important to remember your job is to build a relationship with Greg, not to build a relationship with Mary. Mary's hard to reach. Greg, you can call anytime you want. And what's great about calling Greg as opposed to emailing Greg is he can't, is he can't ignore you when you call him. He has to pick up the darn phone, which means he has to talk to you, which means he has to build a relationship. It's not like an email he can just let slip by. So another brief conversation. Talk to him, draw him out, get to know him. Again, a minute or two, he's busy too. Then you go, hey, I know Mary's probably busy as hell. I'm looking forward to talking to her. Just wanted to check in. Um, and I hope to hear from her soon. Great. Greg writes her name down again. Next week, you're going to call again. And you're going to call again. And you're going to call again. And in six weeks, one of two things have either happened. He's either said, hey, Mary, you just got to call this guy back because he's going to keep calling. Or you now have a relationship, at which point you can go, yo, Greg, I can see she's not going to call me back, right? I, I understand I, that she's probably incredibly busy, but I also know this is a really great project for her. Again, it has roles for this person, this person, this person, right? She's made this movie, this movie, this movie. They're in similar themes and are very similar to this project, right? And I know you made a ton of money on all these films, right? I, I've looked it up on IMDb Pro, so I know that you have made this much on this and this much on this and this much on this, right? So I know that these are successful films for you guys, and I would really like to get her eyes on this before I bring it somewhere else. Now, if I do that on the first call, it doesn't mean anything, but if I do that on the sixth call, right? He now understands that I'm serious, right? I keep on calling back. I know why I'm targeting them. I'm not just throwing crap up against the wall. And this makes it much less likely that I'm going to get the we don't accept unsolicited submissions line. So uh, I'm going to say, so Greg, could, could you do what you can? Can you try to get me a little bit closer to the top of the pile? I literally need two minutes of her time. If she gives me two minutes of her time, I can picture the project. I know she's going to like it. And she doesn't like it, that's cool. You never hear from me again or I'll take you out for a drink sometime, right? Um, I'm just trying to get a little help from Greg. And the chances are he might try or he might just be like, I don't know, right? No problem. Talk to you next week. I'm going to call again. I'm going to call again. And eventually I'm going to be like, look, Greg, I can see that I know you're working your butt off for me. I know you're trying to get her attention. I can see that 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 you know it's going to be hard for me to get her to call me back. So, can I ask you a favor? And most likely, Greg's going to go yes. Why? Because I've been talking to him to to him at this point for 
two months, we're actually friends. And I say, Greg, if I happen to live in the same place that he lives, I'm going to say, could I take you out for lunch and pitch this to you? If I live in a different place, I'm going to say, Greg, could I have two minutes of your time so that I could pitch this to you? And look, if, if Mary, if you don't think it's right for Mary, no problem. I'll stop calling you. Um, but, but I think you're going to think it's right for Mary. And I think you're going to be able to help me move this forward. Most likely, Greg's definitely up for a free lunch. Nobody ever buys Greg lunch. Um, but Greg is also up for two minutes, especially because you've been calling him every day for eight weeks. Okay, cool. Pitch it to me. And now you pitch it to him. And if he says no, no problem. You go, Greg, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hope we get to work on something together in the future. And now you just know you're not going to get past this particular gatekeeper. Um, often, if Greg is good, Greg is going to go, Jake, you know, I'd love to, you know, uh, but I just, we have a policy. Like, I don't, we're not allowed to accept unsolicited submissions. And then I'm going to say, okay, Greg, can you do me a favor? And Greg's feeling a little anxious. I'm going to say, Greg, could you solicit my submission? And I'm going to kind of laugh a little as I said it. Look, don't worry. I'll sign anything you need me to sign. I can have my lawyer send it over so, so everything's official. Um, but I know you're the right production company for this piece. And I really want a chance to share it with you. Um, so do you see what I did? A lawyer. A lawyer costs you an hourly fee. You can hire an entertainment attorney who will send the script over for you. I'll sign anything you want they're going to send you some horrific, horrific, horrific document um, that any reasonable lawyer is going to tell you not to sign. And you're probably going to sign it. Um, and the reason you're going to sign it is because this is your production company. This is the person you need to get to. And if your script is really good, they have very little incentive to steal it from you. Their incentive is actually to hire you because you're cheap. They're just terrified of being sued. That's why they don't accept unsolicited submissions because they're terrified that they're going to have something similar in development and you are going to think that they stole it. So when you get the, we don't accept unsolicited submissions, um, if you have the relationship, you can make the little joke of, will you solicit my submission? If you don't have the relationship, you just go, look, I understand that. No problem. I can sign any waiver form you want me to sign. I can have my lawyer si send it over anything you need right? Um, that will answer that problem for most production companies. And it shows that you kind of understand the industry. If you've built the relationship, you can make the joke. And then as soon as you make, will you please solicit my submission? Don't worry. I'll sign anything you need me to sign. I'll have my lawyer send it over so everything is cool. Um, but I know you're the right production company for this. And then you shut the hell up because whoever speaks next loses. And the chances are Greg is an assistant. He's relatively new to this. So if you just go quiet, he'll go, Okay, fine, pitch it to me. If not, he'll go, I'm so sorry, Jake. I just, I just can't. I'm not allowed to. In which case you laugh. You go, no problem, Greg. I get it. I will call you next week. And now, Greg, now it's a joke. And you're just going to keep calling. You're going to go, Greg, I know I, I love talking to you. I know you love talking to me. I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep having to call you, but I got to keep calling you until eventually I can pitch this to somebody. And you're building a relationship. Now, if you do this on day one, you're a jerk. But if you do this after building a relationship with Greg, 
he's going to kind of enjoy you. How did I learn this technique? I learned this technique from a guy from Boston who didn't know anybody in the industry, who called me every single week when I was a young development executive, called me every single week again and again and again and did exactly this to me and moved me from a person who was like, no, 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 I don't have time. No, I'm not going to talk to you, right? Moved me from there to we actually ended up selling a project together. And the way he did it was just calling me again and again and again, never angry, never upset, always with a smile on his face, always respectful of my time, a minute, two minutes, slowly building that relationship until it kind of became a joke that, ah, it's Tuesday, it's John, hi, John, <laughs> right? I knew he was going to call me at that time. And we actually ended up becoming friends and he built a relationship with me from a total cold call. One last thing I want to share with you. What do you do when you do all this work and this person says no? And that's going to happen. Sometimes you are going to do all this work and this person is still going to say no. You finally got past the gatekeeper and you met with Mary and Mary goes, no. Or you finally pitch Greg and Greg goes, look, dude, I, I don't think this is for me. Well, number one, don't take it so freaking personally. You are just one item in a giant Bloomingdale's filled with items. You just might not happen to be the item that they're looking for today. So the moment that you kind of see the look on the face that goes, oh, I'm not liking this pitch. The moment you sense that they're disengaged, the moment that they go, you know, I don't think this is for me. Don't make the mistake of trying to shove it down their throat. Even if you know they're wrong, even if you know that they're putting together your pitch the wrong way, they've assumed something that's not true, they're wrong about the demographic data that they have. If you get into this with a producer, unless you are a really trained salesperson, if you get into this, you lose. So the moment they say no, you want to remember most of them are going to say no. That's why you're playing the long game. You're not even really trying to sell this project, even though you'd love to. What you're really trying to do is you're trying to build the long-term relationships that are ultimately going to lead you to a whole career in this industry. It's so rare that we sell any individual project. Even a great meeting usually ends with, what else have you got? That's why it's so important to have a library of scripts, as we've talked about in other episodes of this podcast. So your goal in, in, in your first call is just to get Greg's name. Your goal in every future call is to build a relationship with Greg. Your goal by your final call is to get a pitch, whether it's Greg or Mary. And your ultimate goal, yes, in the back of your mind, you'd love to sell your script, but your ultimate goal is to build the community of your people who are going to help you. And here's what that looks like. You finally pitch Mary. You go, Mary... I know you're very busy. I'm going to ask for 10 minutes of your time. That's it. Great. Mary goes, uh, okay, what do you got? You pitch your script. You're about 30 seconds in and ideally you're on a Zoom call where you can see her face, but you start to see the uh, look on her face. And the moment that happens, you're going to have an instinct to like double down or push harder. Now, the moment you see that, you're going to go, wow, this isn't for you, is it? And suddenly Mary goes, 
<sighs> right? She just feels relieved because she doesn't have to have that awkward no conversation, right? No, it's really not, Jake. And then you go, well, Mary, what are you looking for? And Mary might tell you exactly what she wants. If what she wants is similar to a project you have, then you go, well, Mary, you know, forget about this project. I actually have something very similar in development. Could I talk to you about that? In fact, one of my favorite things to do when somebody went, went this is what I'm actually looking for, even if I didn't have something in development, um, because I'm relatively quick on my feet, sometimes I'd say something like, you know, this is not something I'm actively pitching right now because I'm in such early stages of development on it, but it's so similar to your project that maybe I'll share it with you and see if it's something you'd be interested in looking when it's a little further along. And sometimes I would just make up a pitch that kind of fit what they were looking for. But let's say either you're not that quick to make pitches that you're not comfortable doing that, or Mary's like looking for a zombie movie and you really don't write zombie movies. It is cool to go, well, boy, do I not have the project for you. And everybody will laugh for a second, but now you've got eight minutes left in the room where you can turn Mary into a mentor. And if it's Greg, you can turn Greg into a mentor. And here's what that looks like. So Mary, um, <laughs> I get, this is totally the wrong project for you. Could I just, I see we have eight minutes left. Could I just bend your ear for eight minutes and maybe get a little bit of mentorship? And most likely she's going to say yes. If she says no, you go, okay, well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And you just know Mary's a jerk and Mary was never going to help you anyway. And you didn't lose anything. But most likely Mary's going to say, sure, I can give you eight minutes to, of mentorship. No problem. And you're going to go, okay, look, Mary, I know this isn't the project for you. I know that you don't want to make it. But I also know that someone is going to make money on this project. It's like this movie, this movie, this movie. It's got roles for this person, this person, this person. You don't even have to mention to Mary that she worked with them. Um, but if you've done your job, Mary has worked with those people and you're pitching people that she can easily get to, right? So it's got great roles for this person, this person, this person. Um, and the script is good. I have really done the work on it. I've gotten professional feedback on the script. If you've won contests or festivals, you can tell them that now, right? So I know that the, I know that the script is good. I know this is not what you're looking for. My question is, if you were in my shoes, who would you take it to? Now, at this point, it is vitally important that you shut up. Whoever speaks next, loses. If you keep speaking, you are going to let Mary off the hook. So you're going to shut up. If Mary is really good at her job, Mary is going to say, you know, I don't know, Jake. At which point I go, I know, I know that there are certain challenges to the project. Here's my question for you. I know that you made this movie. I know that these were not easy movies and you got them made. So whatever advice you have, it is so much more that I know. And I know that in my shoes, you would figure out how to do this. So where would you start? Who would you start with? And then you shut up again. And eventually she's going to be like, I don't know. You know, maybe you bring it to New Line. Okay, great. Now you go, okay. Do you know anybody over there who's good? Now you shut up. Ah, well, you know, Jesse over there is pretty good. Okay, great. 
is it okay if I mention your name when I call? If Mary says no, then you go, thank you very much for your time and don't lie. At least you have a name to call uh, at Newline who might be the right person for you. But most likely Mary's gonna go, yeah, you can mention my name because it doesn't cost her anything. So yeah, you can mention. At that point, you actually got to yes. And here's what's really important. Any meeting, the real job is just to get to a next step, whatever that next step is. And the moment you get to that next step, you want to get out of that meeting because the only place you can go from yes is no. So you just took a cold call and you turned it into a mentor. And now your next call is not a cold call anymore because when you call Jesse's office, you're going to go, hey, this is Jake Kruger calling for Jesse. Mary Smith suggested I give him a call. And do you see what just happened? Now my call to Jesse is a warm call, not a cold one. I don't have to fight my way through the gatekeepers anymore. I'm coming recommended. And you can play this game again and again and again. And what's going to happen is you're going to start to build a network of connections. So before you leave, you're going to say to Mary, Mary, thank you so much. I am so grateful for your time. And it means so much to me that somebody at your level of experience and success would take the time to help out a emer an emerging writer like me. It means so much to me. Thank you so much. I will shoot you an email and let you know how it goes. See, I'm telling her I'm going to shoot her an email. I'm keeping this relationship going. Um, but the other thing you're going to find is that if your pitch is really that good and you really have all these numbers to back you up and you really all have all these star attachments and if you're really on Mary's theme as we talked about in episode three of this podcast, what you're going to find often is that Mary actually goes, you know what, just send it to me. And you know why Mary says, you know what, just send it to me? It's one of two reasons. Either number one, she's going, you know, someone is going to make money on this script. Maybe I should look at it and reconsider. Or number two, she's going to read it and she's going to decide if she's willing to send it to Jesse or not, whether she'd be wasting his time or not. Either way, do you see how not only have you broken through the gatekeeper, you've built a relationship. And it's important to know that in this industry, just like in any industry, it is relationships that sell scripts. It is relationships that build careers. Mary is going to be a contact for you. She might never make a movie that you wrote. She might never produce a show that you wrote. But she's going to be a contact for you for the rest of your life. Send her a handwritten note. Send Greg a handwritten note, right? Nothing weird. Don't, don't go overboard and do something that's going to creep them out. But send them a nice little handwritten note for their time, for their advice. And follow up with Mary. Hey, I had an amazing meeting with Jesse. He was so incredibly helpful. You know, he had some great recommendations about the next places to take it. Uh, I hope that you and I find something that we can work on in the future. In the meantime, I'm so grateful for your mentorship. Meanwhile, you're doing the same thing for Jesse. You're building a network of mentors that you can tap at any time, right? That can actually help you get to those people. So what you're actually doing is you're building your social network of people who can potentially help you get more and more meetings that aren't cold calls that can help you get past the gatekeepers for future scripts and future relationships. 
I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you're digging this material, you are our promotion. So please like, follow, subscribe. We are so grateful to have you as part of our community. And if you want to study with us, you can do it for free every Thursday night, writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday.